Pick out your movie, lounge on your couch, watching the stars while you slouch. Now you can listen to what they'll say. It's Easton and friends bringing the couch critics your way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couch Critics. Uh, I am the host, Easton Moore, and today I have a special guest. It is my brother-in-law, Trevor. Hello. Um, so, like I said, he's my brother-in-law, and uh, we decided to pull him into uh, this week's episode because uh, he is a drum major, and we're going to be doing a movie very centered around the drums. So, um, can you kind of tell us your background? I mean, we're going to be doing Whiplash today, but we're not going to quite review it yet, but I want to kind of show everyone or tell everyone why we decided to throw you on this episode because uh, it's a movie I like and I think you like it, but uh, we can get into it later. But yeah, kind of just your background with uh, with drums because I know you went to school for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. On percussion. <laughs> very long time. So I, uh, yeah, I got my undergraduate. Well, at first I, I've been playing since I was in fifth grade, so about 10 years old. And then um, I went and got my undergraduate at Emporia State University for six years. <laughs> And then, um, so after that, I uh, did a, a master's. I started a master's at Emporia and then transferred to Wichita State, um, where I got a second, or not second, well, I did my second year there and got my master's in progression performance from there. Um, played all kinds of music, played um, jazz, funk, classical music, um, solo, ensemble, basically anything under the sun. I played it. Uh, and right now, I play with Music Theater Wichita in the summer. Not this summer because it's all been canceled. Yeah. But um, and then I'm substitute with the Wichita State or not in Wichita State, the Wichita Symphony Orchestra. Okay. Yeah, and then just kind of freelance and play all over Kansas, basically. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So really, anybody that we could have found for this episode would not have been better than Trevor. Cause well, thank you. <laughs> I don't think anyone has more knowledge on the subject than you. Um, so before we really get into it, uh, just kind of want to learn a little bit about you and movies. Um, so just a couple of your favorite movies, uh, I mean, not the best, just some ones that you really enjoy and sure. just your favorite ones. Yeah. I, uh, I often go back and forth, um, between Jurassic Park and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. All right. Um, I really like 80s stuff. Uh, I think ultimately though, my all time favorite is probably Jurassic Park. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll probably have you on for that episode sometime around October because yes. I'm doing some horror movies. And to me, that's a horror movie. Oh, so, absolutely. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, that one actually gave me nightmares for a long time. Oh, yeah. I watched one. My brother loved it. And uh, he made he made us watch it all the time. One, two, and three. And yes. each one scared me and gave me nightmares. So I didn't watch them. <laughs> um, oh, there you go. I tried not to watch them. Um, so how about a guilty pleasure movie? That's a new question. But oh, a movie that you know probably isn't that good. Or you shouldn't oh, like it. Grandma's Boy. Mama's Boy? Grandma's Boy. Oh, Grandma's Boy. Yeah, yeah. Have I you ever should... seen that? No, I haven't seen it. Is that the one with... Um... Eddie White's in it. Oh, I'm thinking of something else then. Um, I don't know. I don't know the main character. The main character reminds me a lot of Jason Bateman, but it's not Jason Bateman. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just... It's a stupid movie, but it cracks me up so Gets much. Gets you every time. Yeah, basically. Okay. Um. Yeah, I guess I don't know it, but that that's okay. Just a stupid comedy that somehow sticks with you. Basically, gotcha. <laughs> um. All right. Um. 
So just some some movie news uh, going on right now. Uh, HBO Max just started its streaming, so I, which is kind of weird because they already had um, not necessarily a streaming, but they had HBO Go and HBO Now, which you could pay just for that, and you could get everything that was on HBO. And now they have HBO Max, so which is kind of weird. But I think it's uh, I think it's just supposed to be more of a, a streaming service rather than just what's on HBO to go. Uh, but I mean, one of the biggest things that came with HBO Max, uh, two things really are one, you have, I think Friends is reuniting for, I don't know if it's a TV show or a movie, but uh, that's kind of their big, we have a new thing of Friends. Right. And so the Friends Mafia or whatever you call them <laughs> that are just in love with that TV show, which there's a lot of people because a couple of years ago, Netflix paid like $200 million to keep Friends on Netflix because there was going to be a riot. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, if friends was no longer on it. Um, so that's one big one, which I don't really care too much about. I don't know if you're a big friends fan, but I did watch it yeah. when it was on Netflix. I watched the whole thing and oh, it, really? yeah, it. it was fine. I only got I to mean, like five seasons. I don't think I yeah. finished. Well, it gets that pretty like formula E after a while, a lot of, uh, we were on a break. No, we weren't yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. And sitcoms kind of have to, what, you can only do a sitcom, I think for so long. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess Seinfeld did, Eight or nine. Yeah, seasons. they did quite a few as well. But even and even then, I mean, I think the reason Seinfeld I think did better than most other sitcoms is because there really isn't like a story. Like there's things that's that happen enough. that people remember, but like you could watch any episode at any point yeah. in any order. And that's kind of like uh, I'm not a big I'm not the biggest Seinfeld fan, but I know your family is. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. And uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is the same. Yeah. Each episode is its own thing, and of course, there's always underlying, you know, things that stick with each episode. But it's not a one episode doesn't lead into the next one. It's all their own stories. Okay. Um. Uh, oh, you never watched it? Whitney loves oh, it. Loves it. I and I I've tried to watch it a couple of times, and I think I just keep forgetting. <laughs> but um, of the stuff I've seen of it, I think it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I never I it's not a show that I've watched every episode of, but I know that that's another show that's I guess similar to Seinfeld where it's each episode's its own little little comedic story and then they go to the next one. So Yeah. Um so yeah, those are that's one big thing is obviously friends getting on HBO Max. I don't know if they have too many other new shows that are coming out, but they also got the Snyder cut, which we talked about or I've talked about the last couple episodes, but Snyder cut of Justice League. Oh, yeah. so it does exist. Yeah, no, well they're making it. Okay. That uh uh I talked about it last week. There's been like an extra thirty million dollars to oh to cut together like a four hour um Snyder cut. And so okay. those are two things that HBO Max has that the other streaming services won't have. Wow. Um but I thought it was just a myth. No, no, it it, it <laughs> what? We all thought it was for a long time, but HBO was uh, going behind her backs Got and, it, I guess. and snooped up the Snyder cut, which I don't <laughs> think will make them that much money. So I, I'm really <laughs> surprised that they went for it. I feel like it's, it was just a meme at that point. Like people were just hashtagging Snyder cut because the movie was so bad that let's just try to get them right. to make it again and lose more money. And, right. but I mean, I don't know. I'll, I guess I'd have to get HBO max to actually watch it, but that's the next step. The, yeah. The original Justice League was not that great at all. I don't know if you're a big... I think you're a DC fan, right? I am a DC yeah. fan, yeah. I, I'm a... I'll say 
I'm a DC EU apologist. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, I'm a big fanboy, and so when they do the fan service stuff, I do I am sucked like into it. that quite a bit. So, I mean, I I like a lot of what the DC EU has done. Between, um, I mean, I liked Man of Steel, and yeah. I thought Batman vs Superman was fine. Um, I thought it was weird that they didn't have their own Batman movie before they did that. Yeah. But nonetheless, I still enjoyed the movie. And then Wonder Woman was was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they had a single movie that really wowed me. And I, I think you. that's the problem. And then they put out two stinkers and Suicide <laughs> Squad and Justice League, which were two. But just... then Aquaman was great. Aqu- I think Aquaman was like the most average superhero movie you could have. <laughs> like it just okay. took every yeah, normal trope <laughs> and like you could have and they just pick. Okay. We have okay. Jason Momoa. Yeah, yeah, and he's just gonna be Jason Momoa, and then like I feel like they, it was just too easy of a mm-hmm. yeah. I, there was just nothing that really wowed me about. What it. about Shazam? Shazam was see that was a different turn. I thought um, that wasn't. A, I don't think it was more kid friendly. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, it, which is weird for DC because they're usually a very dark right. centered uh, universe. Um, but I thought it was a good change of pace for what they've done. And other movies with the with Zachary Levi and mm-hmm. yeah, I guess this isn't a DCU episode, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought Shazam was a night. Nice, I rated that one pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess sometime we'll probably do a, a DCU episode and we can really dig into it. But um, not yeah, today. yeah, not to, not today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's they just hadn't really wowed me. And Justice League was one of the worst ones. I think yeah, Suicide Squad and Justice League were pretty rough um yeah they just tried to put too much into one movie with i don't think an extra 45 minutes to an hour is gonna really help (laughs) that because there's just too many characters that were unintroduced yeah they just threw in there Mm -hmm. and that they tried to make like lead characters like well like yeah cyborg they try to like in the flash here's who he is kind of thing and yeah and the flash and they hinted at it i think in wonder woman or batman versus superman because they found the chip Batman v Superman, yeah, they have the like, the Aquaman, Flash, and yeah. Cyborg. Um, and see, so Aquaman got his own movie. You should have just stuck with that and tried to have everyone have their own movie, and then you put them together. Yeah, which yeah. I know it's formula, and that's you know. Marvel well, and did I think it and, exactly yeah. Marvel did it, and I think they were trying to be like, look, we're not like Marvel. See, yeah. we're going to do this immediately, kind of thing. Yeah, but I think they just tried to. They just jumped the gun a little bit, and in my opinion, but there are a lot of. I mean, obviously, they has a pretty big following, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say too much. I kind of wish they would just kind of restart a little bit and back backtrack, but you can't really do that in a universe. Well, with, if they if they do Flashpoint Paradox for the Flash movie, they could, mm. and which I think is why they've been holding off is because huh. that that storyline resets everything. Gotcha. Yeah, and so I think if they're if is that they, why the new Batman's coming out. With Maybe? Robert Pattinson? I don't know, but that could that could work. Which has yeah. been some pretty rough. There's been some problems with that already. There's been problems with because all of well, them. it's all Robert, Robert Pattinson too. Oh really? Oh yeah, because he's <laughs> he's not he couldn't buff up enough to be Batman, mm-hmm. and he was already casted for the role and like started shooting, oh, and man. they said he wasn't like he couldn't bulk up enough, and then quarantine hit, and he apparently wasn't working out over quarantine, and so he already wasn't big enough, and then he stopped working out. And so, yeah, there there are fans that love it because it's like, mm-hmm. just let the like Batman doesn't have to be this super buff, right? Like, he's also just a philanthropist, you know. I mean, yeah, he has gadgets and stuff. He doesn't have to be 
uh, Ben Affleck or Christian Bale right. where he's this super ripped guy that just pounds people to death. But something I, mean, I could, like the aesthetic of it. But. Yeah. Something they could do, which I guess I know this isn't a DC episode. Yeah. But, um, something they could do is uh, they could set it in the future um, because uh, Nightwing, uh, a lot of people have their turn at Batman and Nightwing is Batman for a while. So if he okay. if he's not buff, they could. I mean, they could do like what they did in The Dark Knight Rises, where it's like, oh, your middle name is Robin. Why don't you go by that name or something? They could do some crap like that, where they're yeah. like, oh, uh, uh, like he finally is unmasked at the end of it, and he's like, hi, I'm Dick Grayson or something like gotcha. that. Um, so he's not actually Batman. He's just somebody being, like, he's not Bruce Wayne. He's, he's not somebody, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah he's somebody yeah. being Batman. Being Batman. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I like Robert Pattinson, so yeah, I'm I do too. For for what they do, uh, I mean I'm scared because some of their stuff hasn't been as good. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's uh, just HBO Max talk. Um, I don't know. Well, I I might try it just to see what they have yeah. because um, especially doing this podcast and I like watching tons of different movies. Um, Sometimes it gets like they don't add enough movies on the other streaming services I use because right. we have Amazon Prime, Netflix, and HBO Go, oh, and we'll we'll still search for forty five minutes trying to find a movie we want, and we have and we have Hulu. So I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's still some movies on there that we haven't watched that we want to, but it's just kind of a mood thing that we're not ready for it. So I might give it a shot. I yeah, haven't decided yet, even though I think it's already out. So. Oh, I HBO should, Max. Should, yeah, I should probably. I don't think they have the Friends thing yet or yeah, Snyder Cut. Um, but yeah, I might check out their library. Um, but yeah, we can go ahead and get straight into the episode. I guess not straight into it because it's already <laughs> been like 12, 13 minutes. But uh, we'll go ahead and get into the episode. So like I said earlier, we're doing uh, Whiplash. So it's a movie from 2014 um, with, was it Miles, Miles Taylor? Teller, I think. Uh, and then J.K. Simmons uh, are the two main actors and. I mean, they're really the uh, pretty much the only actors. Everyone else is kind of just mm-hmm. uh, thrown in there. Uh, directed by Damien Chazelle, which he's been he's done some other. This is why, yeah, he did La La Land, and uh, I think that's actually why I watched this movie originally because I am in love with La La Land. It's one of my favorite musicals. Yeah. Um, whether that has to do with because it's Ryan Gosling and. Emma Stone, I don't know. You got, but a, you got a crush on Ryan Gosling. I do. I do have a, <laughs> a man crush on Ryan Gosling. He is my favorite actor. Um, but, um, I mean, I can't say, I don't love all of his movies because I didn't even finish First Man when I watched it. So I don't even know what that is. Oh, so. it's an astronaut <laughs> movie that came out, I think, last year or two years ago okay. uh, with Ryan Gosling as as being the astronaut that, that goes to space. And it's really aesthetic and really pretty. Um, but it's really slow. Okay. And so uh, I do need to finish that one because it was it was good, but like man, it was a slow burner. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, back on Whiplash, I started watching. Th- I I decided to watch this movie because I loved La La Land. And I said, all right, what else does this director do? And then I saw Whiplash, and I was like, I don't like um, Miles, the actor, or yes. the or the character. No, the the, the, the actor. actor. Well. I didn't like his character in another <laughs> <Sure>. movie. <laughs> okay, okay. So he uh, he did Spectacular Now back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a romance movie. And it was just really, I don't know. It, it felt like it had bad morals to it. Okay. And so I just really, and his character was like supposed to be the good, not necessarily good guy, but like he's 
the man and the romantic relationship. Yeah. And they, it looks like they're making him out to be this good guy, but really he, it's kind of For an ass. Sure. Yeah. Like pretty much he seduces this girl, oh. but he's the good guy. And Yikes. so it's, it's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually you're, you're like the seducer who's like, doesn't really feels like he doesn't really care for the girl and seduces her anyways. Bad guy. Yeah. It's the bad guy. And it made him out to be the good guy. And it just didn't make sense. I, I don't know. So I, I didn't really like him after that. But then, I mean, he's put out some good movies since then. And so maybe I just need to get over it. But the only thing I know him from is is this. And then he was in the Fantastic Four remake, yes. wasn't he? Yeah. Which I never saw, but I, never I saw hear it? all kinds of <laughs> hear all kinds of stuff about it. It was okay. I mean, um, it wasn't. A, I don't think it was as bad as everyone wants to say it was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because the original Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four Silver Surfer. Silver, yeah. Um, I, I think those were pretty good. Yeah. And so I think people it just didn't quite live up to it. Um, but that's also, I, I like, uh, the other two actors in the fantastic four movie. Yeah. One Um, of them is, um, Kate Mara and Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I I like both of those guys. Mm -hmm. So, well, I guess it's a guy and a girl, but I like those two, (laughs) uh, the actor and actress. So two people. Yeah. So maybe that's why I, I kind of forgave it more than than others sure sure but it was definitely rough but yeah, it michael wasn't... b jordan went on to be uh uh war or warmonger warmonger his name black panther isn't he a black panther mm, uh, yes yes he's yeah. the he's the bad guy in the black panther killmonger yes. that's what i'm thinking yeah. of yeah which he does fantastic i mean he does oh, fantastic yeah. pretty much any movie he does yeah um but yeah so that's the only movie you'd seen really with him he yeah, was also yeah. in the Insurgent, Allegiant, like that, Divergent series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd seen all those. and um, Yeah. I think there are a couple other ones I've seen. Bleed for This was was a boxing movie. I guess he was in Footloose, Get a Job. Yeah, so oh, I've seen really? Quite... The remake of Footloose? Yeah. Oh. I don't think he was the main guy, though. I remember seeing him in it. Mm. Yeah, I was like, he wasn't the main guy. Yeah. But yeah, he's been in a lot of movies. I think he's a good... Good actor. We'll just kind of get into general thoughts here. Uh, starting off, I guess, with some of the actors. I thought uh, both of these guys did great. I think they uh, do too. And uh, maybe a theme of this podcast is finding movies that have good actors because, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, these two just did a great job. And there, there's only, like I said, two characters that really we follow throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, if they didn't do their job well, the movie probably wouldn't be as good as it is. Um, although I hated one of the characters, <laughs> but I guess that's just a compliment to his acting because obviously he's not that way in real life. He's just, sure. um, acting his part, but, um, yeah, I think they both did, did a great job. That was definitely one thing I liked about the movie were, were those two actors. Um, and then I think obviously I'll take the easy answer here. The score was, was really fun to listen to. Yeah. Um, it and is, not just when fun. they're, um, not just when they're in the studio playing the music, just right. uh, they throw jazz throughout the whole entire movie. Um, just I, I think it was just kind of showing their two characters and that these people are just surrounded by jazz. And uh, as somebody who's not a huge jazz person, I could still appreciate the music that was being played and and really enjoyed it. So uh, those are two two things generally that I that I really liked about it. Um, something that I disliked about it was I I didn't like the movie for a majority of it. Not saying that it was bad. It was right. good, but I didn't like it. Cause just all, like everyone was just being so 
stupid and um, and I have I have a thought on on that. We yeah, can, we can touch on a little yeah. later. Yeah, which doesn't make it a bad movie or anything. Right. It's just um, the first. I mean, really, the whole movie. You're just like disliking multiple people. I mean, mainly just the 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 main character. And but even uh, Miles is like with his girlfriend. That's kind of spoiler stuff. But um, he's kind of a an asshole during a lot of parts in the movie. And yeah. um, you like him because he's talented and he's working hard, but yeah, that was kind of a con that I had. It didn't. There wasn't enough li- like lightheartedness or like sure, sure. to keep you semi happy with the movie. You were always <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of down. And um, the first time I watched it, Tristan was in the room when I watched it, mm-hmm. and she had to leave because of um, all the negativity because of J.K. On. Simmons and him just ripping into people. And she was like, "This is too much. I can't." Like her anxiety, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, which spoiler that we'll talk about later about the yeah, yeah. anxiety that he gives other people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was hard to take yeah. sometimes. Just, I mean, the second time I watch it, you're kind of already used to it, but it was brutal. And yeah, so I guess you can kind of get in general thoughts. I I touched on a couple things, but yeah, you can touch yeah. on those or or other things. Uh, I hate everyone in this movie. <laughs> oh, you, I hate them all. Other than I did, they're all jerks to each other, and yeah, I I do not like it. Um, that's not to say that they don't do a good job. Yeah. I I especially think we talked a little bit about um, they're really two main characters, Teller and, and Simmons. Um, but I think the 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 other drummers, the the second tier guys, yeah. Um. So there's some stuff that happens like when they are shifting on the drum set, when mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well now we're going to have this guy take a turn. They capture kind of the awkwardness of that moment really well. I think, especially okay. if there's some tension already between those, yeah. those people. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just uh, kind of the, the I'm better than you kind of aura they have whenever those things do happen, that they're always in competition with each other. And I think those three, those three drummers in this movie, I'll capture that really well, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, and to kind of touch on the score, there's actually kind of a, a fun little trivia thing. Uh, the scene, this I don't think this will give too much away, but the scene where they're in the in the diner and they're sitting and, yeah. and they're talking about their schooling and yeah. stuff, and he goes, uh, I think it's called When I Wake. He's a, uh, he yeah. talks about the song that's playing. Um, and then he goes, uh, Bob Ellis on the drums, 1938. I was like, that doesn't sound like anybody, anybody I know. So I looked it up, and he doesn't exist. As far as I can tell, oh, it's a made really? up. Yeah. Justin Hurwitz, the, the composer for the tune, or for the, the movie, wrote When I Wake for the movie. So it's not even like a jazz standard, as far as I know. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't remember who he says is playing sax and piano, but yeah. Then he goes, Bob Ellis. I remember just being like, what? Who is that? I don't know who that is. Yeah, went to school for eight years, <laughs> right? Yeah, but um, I figured they just would have picked somebody. Yeah, they, and I weird. thought, and I thought that could be a cool moment. I was kind of thinking on the way over here. I was like, that could have been a cool moment for them to like give a peek behind the curtain a little bit and be like, oh, Justin Hurwitz on keyboard or whatever he plays yeah. or something like that. And like, uh-huh. oh, who's that? Oh, he's the guy that wrote the soundtrack for the movie. You know, but no, I I agree. I also think. Um, something I'm really impressed with with it is the cinematography of like the shots that move around. Yeah. Especially the beginning when, when he comes in and uh, he plays for, he plays for him um, or, or miles plays for uh, JK Simmons. And 
the camera pans back to Miles and he's going nuts. Uh-huh. And then you hear the door slam yeah. and, the, and the camera pans back. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were talking a little bit about the jazz. There's a Buddy Rich tune really early on. At least I think it's Buddy Rich really early on. And it's showing shots of the New York skyline, like different buildings. And yeah. I think that's really cool. cool. I, I really enjoy well, all he, that. I think he was a New York mm-hmm. jazz guy. Yeah. Yeah. The the shots, I think they did it. The shots were, were really good because it, it kept the emotion of each character really uh, well. Yeah. Um, like, because you were enwrapped with what that specific person was doing and feeling, mm-hmm. um, like each time, whether that was uh, Terrence Fletcher or that was uh, Andrew or the other two drummers right, or right. I mean some of the uh, uh, other instruments, the trombone or ja- or saxophone, whoever else was playing. Yeah, yeah. It did a good job of you could see their emotion and I mean they were entrapped in themselves and right. the music. Yeah. Um. So I guess band question here. Um, I mean, throughout the whole movie, I hope this is, I don't think this is too spoilery, but the question I always had watching this movie was, is the drums really like, not that hard, but they're in obviously the number one school in in New York, really the world, Mm -hmm. uh, or at least United States. And he's so focused on just the drums. And no one else. Fletcher is? Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought that was so weird. Now, maybe it was just, it's a movie about the drums, so he's worried about other people at other times. It's just not going to show you. But it only showed one time where one of the trombone players was out of tune. <laughs> and <that> everything <laughs> else yeah, yeah. was the drums. And yeah, it just yeah. felt really weird. Because it's like, if you're trying to get this high, you know, accomplished scene or mm-hmm. score, you know, I don't know sure, really sure. what you would call it. Um, I feel like you would be on everyone. everybody, yeah, not just yeah. like I, to me. I couldn't tell the difference between <laughs> any of them. I mean, right. I could a little bit when um the redhead came in mm-hmm. and yeah. he first tries out doing like the first time he comes in mm-hmm. and he asks for that's kind of spoilers, but when he first comes in or whatever, yeah, yeah, um, I could tell the difference between these, those two. Like when Miles went out and or Andrew went out, it was like. This is ridiculous. I was better than him. I could hear the difference between them two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, like, I could not. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just because I'm not. Maybe it's because I'm not a drummer. Could you, like, tell to the point of where Fletcher was? We're like. Um, so to kind of answer your original question about, like, it, is it all about the drums? Oh, okay. I guess um, I'm two part of it. That's My bad. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a. Uh, it's. Um, it depends on the chart. So, so the tunes that they're that they're playing. The whole idea, I think, is Miles. They want he wants Terrence wants. Um, I keep saying their actor names. Yeah, Terrence no, want, uh, wants um, Andrew to be. Uh, he wants him to be like Buddy Rich. That's the scene. That's the thing. The whole thing. There are two drummers mentioned in this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Buddy Rich and Joe Jones, which they don't even specify because there's two Joe Joneses. There's Philly <laughs> Joe Jones. And there's Papa. They're talking about Papa, but they never say that in the movie. But they, they would know. Yeah. That's that's kind of the point. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yes, <laughs> we'll just say that. But uh, um, so it kind of depends. If if a band director wants something out of you and they are not getting it that's going to get their attention and um, not to put too fine a point on this, but um, a a problem I kind of have with this movie, like I said, this might be kind of spoilers is uh, this is supposed to be the top music school in, in the country. I think it's supposed to 
because I don't think Schaefer is an actual school. I think it's supposed to be representing like Eastman sure. um, at NYU. But um, yeah, they probably didn't have the rights to right. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, um, and I'm thinking these three guys is the best they can get in the whole school. It's supposed to be this oh, top music yeah. school, and they're all kind of terrible. <laughs> really? Yeah, they all were. Yeah, they're not good at all. I mean, they're 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 so so, but Jeez. it. It's cringy to watch some of them play, especially uh, the not the not Connolly. I think is the redhead's yeah. name. Yeah, the, red the other guy. Oh, okay. I think his name's Carl or something sure. like that. But um, uh, the gay guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to just pin him down to that, but I don't remember his name. And right, right. Um, uh, but uh, so yeah, it so to kind of it's kind kind of a yes or no. The the band director should be focus on the rest of the band and he kind of is for that one time yeah but yeah i think you're right since this is a drumming movie they're gonna focus i mean every, all his attention is gonna be diverted to that yeah. but you could also assume that everybody else just knows what they're doing and so he doesn't need to sure you know and so um kind of yes and no i guess okay. and i forgot what the second part of your question was that's okay um yeah so you're i mean you're saying that three of those drummers really weren't that good. good. And this is supposed to be a movie where they're reaching. They're like, mm-hmm. that's that's weird. I mean, I figured it was good. No, obviously, I figured that Miles wasn't actually drumming, I, but maybe he was if he was just average. Well, and I read that he drums for about forty percent of what you see on screen. Gotcha. He is drumming. Um, and so, uh. I think it's when it's bad is when he's really, really drumming. Gotcha. Or, and then um, I think he does, maybe he's, maybe he does, I'm not sure, but um, the big like solo number that kind of keeps popping up. Um, Whiplash or con? Uh, the one that kind of happens toward the end. Yeah. I, yeah. It's in, it's in, um, it's in Caravan. Oh, Caravan. Too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't think of the name of the song. Right, right. Um, start with a C, but. But uh, he. But I think he learned. I think somebody else, like, came up with it and recorded it, and then he learned that solo because there are some shots where he is right in time with it, and then there's some where he's not quite okay. there. Um, and for somebody that I mean, from what I understand, he he took the Nick Cannon route from drumline and and learned drums for this movie. Um, and he hangs. He's an actor, and he yeah. acts, and he acts well on the drums. Sure. Um, but I tell you what, uh, I have never, I've had my hand bleed from practicing, but not from the way that he bled when he okay. practiced. Um, I was going to ask. Sense. Yeah. I yeah. was going to go into spoilers when we talked about, it. um, Oh yeah. I no, tried. it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, we can definitely talk about that. Cause I had some questions on that as well. Um, well, it sounds like we're kind of headed that way. Yeah. We, we can go ahead and go into spoilers as long as you don't have anything else. Just generally. Uh, that you liked or disliked about it? I I think overall, like if you were if you were going to listen to this part of this episode sure. and decide, I, it's definitely worth a watch. You should you should watch it. I yeah. For as much negativity as I'm kind of spouting, I guess yeah. I do like the movie. I do genuinely like it. Yeah. Uh, I also recommend it, but you have to be ready for like a pretty negative movie. Yeah. It's... Um, because it is rough for a lot of it, but. Um, the acting and just the way that the, the pacing and the way that it uh, goes. Um, so really just the screenwriting, I guess, or the screenplay mm-hmm. uh, was 
good, like, was amazing, I think. Um, and this is probably the most, like, if you're looking for a music movie to watch, this is the most, like, as far as jargon goes, this is probably the most accurate. There's only a couple of times when they say something and I'm like, eh, that's yeah. not quite right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you didn't go to, obviously, a New York-style school. Um, is this really how the music industry is? Is it that cutthroat for the most part? We'll have to get. We'll have to get. Okay, we're gonna go into it. Okay, all right. So I guess we'll go ahead and go into spoilers here. So if you haven't watched the movie, go check it out. I mean, it has both of our recommendations. Uh, Not necessarily as a movie you may enjoy, but a movie that you will appreciate if you are a movie lover. Um, Because of the act, I think mainly because of the acting and the score and the way it's shot. It's um, it's really really well done. And uh, even though you won't enjoy some parts of it you will still um you'll still like it like it's it's a weird love hate relationship for a lot of the movie <laughs> um and it, i think it does pay off in the end yeah for, yeah, for the most part so i we haven't really touched on that because it's definitely spoilers but uh you'll go through a lot of pain for i think a, a pretty good ending so um yeah go check this one out go check this one out <laughs> um so yeah we're gonna go ahead and uh, stop spoiler free and so, yeah, uh, we'll go ahead and hit um, spoilers. All right, so we're back for uh, the spoiler part of the review. Um, so we've talked a lot about generals, and we've gone a little bit into some of the actual movie part. Um, so, yeah, we'll just go ahead and go into specific scenes or, or stuff that happens in the movie um, and kind of kind of just continue talking about it so trevor where did you uh uh where'd you want to go uh first when we start actually talking about what happens in the movie well one of the things that uh, just because this is what we just talked about a little bit is the the jargon thing i was saying um so there's a point in the movie in it there's a couple times so um in the beginning of the movie he says which by the way i love that scene in the very beginning that whole interaction which is something that i think that happens often um if if it's the beginning of the school year and auditions haven't happened yet and you are practicing somewhere, it is totally likely a professor could come in oh, okay. and be like, I like what you're doing. How Can you show me some of this sure. kind of thing? It didn't even look like there were auditions. Like, right, it, it yeah. It seemed like they already have, like they have their set people mm-hmm. and if they find somebody else, they're going to come in. Like right, there's right. no, like you don't have a chance really to defend yourself because all right, they don't think you're doing good enough. We're going to have somebody else come in. But. Right, which is, which is so that happens, but in a less dramatic way. Um, it's more like, so let's say, let's say uh, Easton Moore is practicing his drums, and I have a band I'm trying to get together, and we have auditions, and I have my set players. I have yeah. them. If I, if, you, if I really like what you're doing, a few things could happen. One, I could ask you what your schedule is and ask you to change it if, if you can, hmm. if you wanted to be in the band. Sure. Um, the second thing would be uh, to encourage you to, to audition at semester or to come in at semester. Okay. And then the third thing would be would, is to say, hey, we already have our set players for this year. You should like come to concerts and keep in the know and then come back next year when, when we hold auditions again. Okay. Um, because a lot of times at these schools, uh, especially for things like – especially uh, at these longer kind of university kind of level – uh, they look for they look for drummers that are going to be there for the long term that will fit 
kind of the shape of the band, so to speak. Um, Cause you don't be rotating drummers every single year, much less every week, which yeah. Fletcher seems to do. Um, uh, so there is some extent to that. Now there are some bands like the Texas 1AM band. Um, they're a big nationally recognized mm-hmm. jazz band. Uh, I've heard stories of, of um, people that would sit in the hallway during those uh, rehearsal times because he would just throw people out and just get whoever was in the hallway to come in next. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but at a typical like university jazz ensemble, yeah, the previous thing that is what would happen. But not to say that it doesn't happen. Yeah, and, and he's not a typical teacher. Right. So I guess that. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's good to know that that kind of stuff does actually. Yeah. Happen yeah. that it wasn't just a complete fabrication to make more dramatic. Right, right. Uh, music, uh, movie, because um, I had no idea. I just, I was like, I know the music industry. When you get to that high of a level, mm-hmm. is hard. But I mean, I obviously don't know what. I mean, I listen to, you know, regular rock music and stuff. <laughs> you know, I listen to what he says. What drummers do when they fail, they go join right, a band. Right. Um, I listen to those guys, not yeah, yeah. not the not the big jazz people. So. Well, and something I was going to mention in Spoiler Free that I kind of forgot to was uh, another reason I like this movie is because anything that is going to put a music form that, you know, people say is dying. I don't know how yeah. accurate that is. But um, but to put it in the spotlight and have people like it and recognize it, I think that's good for, yeah. for that art form. Yeah. You know? um, have you seen La La Land? Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't think it did the same way? I did not. Okay. I didn't care for it very much. Well, it... it it says it has the same underlying tone of right. jazz is dying. I like the pureness of the jazz. Yeah, because he's trying to make a bar or something. That, yeah, that's I, not a because he's good enough to be in a like he it was in a successful jazz band, but it's just a like a pop jazz band. Right. And he hates it because it's not what he wants to do. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. he likes classic jazz, and so at, yeah, at the end he he opens up a, a classical jazz. Right. Um, jazz bar and so that was the underlying tone and there was a similar i mean very small underlying tone with fletcher that he thinks that jazz is dying and that's why he goes to the old the old clubs and plays right. jazz wants to have the best the players and yeah. Sound the best. yeah and make yeah and make them the best mm-hmm. not just say you know well that right. was good yeah yeah and i kind of you know you, you're asking is this really what it's like? There are there are some instances in the movie. So first of all, we need to talk about the symbol decapitation story that he talks about. Oh, not not real. It's it's kind of real. Oh, okay. So uh, I I kind of figured that that it was like it kind of happened. There's some but half truth to it. Yeah, yeah, but it was like definitely over dramatized right. because he's trying to get the best out of his players. Right. And so he's going to tell them this crazy story that made one of the best jazz players and you know, ever known. Yeah. So he's going to try to be like, well, this is what I do. Right. And this made the best. (laughs) Yeah. So that, so it's true. There was, there was a, a, it was a kind of like a jam session from what I recall. Um, in Kansas city. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Papa Joe Jones was there because he was a Kansas city. I don't know if he was a native, but that was where he made his name at was in Kansas city. Um, and then, uh, so Charlie Parker came to the session and he was doing more like kind of some new harmony and some double time stuff. And it just wasn't jiving with the group. And Joe Jones, sorry, Papa Joe Jones, uh, 
uh, does throw a symbol at him, but it was more like in a playful way, and it landed mm. at his feet. Oh, not his yeah. head. He wasn't going to decapitate. Right. Decapitate yes. Him. Uh, um, so yeah, it lands at his feet, and he does, and that is kind of like the okay, you're done kind of thing. But it was more in in like a playful, jesty manner, not so much like you're finished kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so that is that is kind of cool that they bring light to that. It's a little sad that it's not because I think the original story is pretty cool too. Yeah, um, but it doesn't work for Fletcher. Right, that's not a Fletcher story. Yeah, yeah. He has, a, he has to justify throwing a chair at his head later. He throws a lot. Yeah, he does. <laughs> if my wife thought I was an angry person when I get mad, <laughs> I've never hurled one thing at her ever. Okay, oh, well that's good. Yeah, we're talking about my sister here. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I've never hurled anything at her, good, and then good. this guy over here is. Chucking everything he can at him. Right, right. Yeah. Um But there are some there are some things that are um that are accurate. I mean, in terms of like it's it's dramatized, but I the scene where he's that kind of famous, which I think J.K. Simmons won an Emmy for, the the not my tempo scene where he's slapping him around. Oh really? I think he did. I'm not sure though. But that I mean that I wouldn't seems, doubt it because I mean Yeah, it's pretty intense. But I've had actually had a lesson like that. Um, I wasn't getting slapped, but uh, we did this thing where we turned. Um, I sat at the snare drum and I had this this timing exercise in front of me, and we turned on the metronome. But instead of hearing the the click every beat where it was going one, two, three, four, you would hear you would have to count to yourself, and you would only hear the first beat. So it'd be one, two, three, four, one, two. But my teacher made me play this exercise, and every time I would finish, she would ask, were you rushing or dragging? And um, we did that the whole hour. Really? Yeah. Not five hours? Not five hours. Nope, just That five. was later on. Never mind. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. wrong scene. But Yeah. Um, and then... Could you figure it out? Yeah, I did. I, okay. By the end of it. Yep. By I the end? It. So it took you an hour? <laughs> took an hour. It yep. would take me much longer, so don't, I'm not dogging you <laughs> No, 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 no. I was just wondering if, like... Because it, it, he couldn't figure it out. Right. So I was like, yeah, yeah. is it it like, for me, I had no idea, mm-hmm. obviously. But I was like, as somebody who plays drums since they were U10 and him like five. Yeah, yeah. Can you, like, if you play that long, is it that hard to figure out if you're well, slower it, behind? But it's also, I know it's a hard song, obviously, too. So. And that's a little bit of a beef I have with a movie mm-hmm. is that, um, is that he, uh, uh, he never practices on the metronome, but however, that being said, he does listen to music all the time, and and that's something that I think doesn't get reached out. I think as much that was a weird sentence to say. Uh, people don't think about is that a big part of like being in music school and being a musician is having to listen to uh, what you're playing, and then like what uh, music that's going to make you better. Okay, um, we call it active listening. Um, uh, and they do show a lot of that, which I do appreciate. He, he does a, yeah, a lot. He's always listening and yes, like, working on the yeah, right. Um, really, just that one guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't listen to anybody else, right? But I right. guess it fits the tempo of what he's trying to get to because exactly. it's a very fast, yeah. Um, which is like half the movie, right? Is him trying to hit. I want to show you something, actually. This oh, show me something. I will. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so the kind of the. The and the antagonist, I guess, so to speak, or the, the like thing he's striving to do is yeah. the double time swing, right? Sure. Okay. So put your right hand on your on your knee, and we're just gonna go one, two, three, four. So on two and four, I want you to tap your left foot. 
One, two, three, four. One, two, three. There you go. Congratulations, you can play double time swing. So it's not. Nope. It's whatever nonsense they're playing in the movie. Is not a double time swing. Not that. No, it's a okay. lot. It's like a blast beat kind of thing. It so, sounds like. So what he's doing, what he's trying to do, is hard, but it's not a double time swing. What he's trying to, well. Or is it not a hard thing, and they're really just bad players? <laughs> I think I think they didn't realize they needed something to be to be. Um, they needed something for him to strive toward. The same thing in the movie Drumline. They he okay. needed his movie, his no. thing to overcome is he doesn't know how to read read music. Okay, so that's kind of like the thing to overcome. Yeah. yeah, in this movie, double time swing is like the thing to overcome. Now. That's not necessarily a hard thing to do. Like if you worked on it for an hour, based on what you did just there, um, you could get it. You could play a double time swing in in an hour. Um, well, it didn't look like he was doing a, what I was just doing. Right. Because like it, it was them trying to hit like the symbol mm-hmm. a billion times a second. Was, yeah, exactly. But at a perfect pace. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's yeah. So they just do they just call it the wrong term? But that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, or was he just calling it a double time swing, and it wasn't? He, they're calling it a double time swing, and and saying that this is a hard thing that you need to accomplish. Um, and so I think they were like, you need to make it look hard. And several now the hard thing is is being able to play a double time swing, um, which is just I mean it's just fast swing. We double time is a shorthand term. Sure. Um. Uh, trying to play it and then being able to play along with it and not just keep a tempo. Okay. Yeah, that's the hard thing to do. Um, which it sounds like that's what they're trying to do, maybe. It doesn't look like it. Yeah, it doesn't look because like it. Because most of the time, like, they're not even worried about the rest of anything else. It's just the symbol. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. of course, he is which hitting, is, there is he's some hitting the snare. Yeah, yeah. He's hitting the snare as well. There is some importance placed on the symbol, but like I said, um, they're, what they're playing resembles more to me like a blast beat, like in metal, where you're where, where it's a lot of snare and a lot of suspended symbol, and you kind of just go nutso with your hands and your feet. Yeah, um, which is what the final act was too. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, caravan. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of double time swing, there's not a lot of swing in this movie. It's a lot of Latin and it's a lot of funk. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's caravan funny. is not traditionally a swing chart. It's a Latin feel okay. which is more of a straight um kind of funk thing Doja. i i don't really know what you're talking about but i, <laughs> so, I, I so, understand that's not so kind of what if, they're alluding it to be if yeah so in latin and rock and funk and that stuff you play on what's called straight time so that'd be one and two and three and four and one and two and um but swing is one, two, a three, four, a one, a two, a three. It's got a more laid back, sure. lazy feel to it. Um, and there's not a whole lot of that hmm. in this, which is funny because that, like I said, double time swing is like yeah. the unobtainable thing. But. So it's almost like they just, I think it almost feels like they just picked a word. Yeah, basically. And then they, and then whoever was doing it just said, Try to make them do this really hard thing. Yeah, make it look hard or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but maybe. it wasn't a double time swing. No. It was just something else. Yeah. That I mean, I think what they like what he was trying to get him to accomplish fit for the yes, concerts. I agree. Because mm-hmm. the concerts looked like it was very hard for him to do. Mm-hmm. 
And if it wasn't like if it was just a laid back double time swing, like that wouldn't look like okay, it didn't look like you accomplished. Right, and that, that kind of goes like what I was saying about um, keeping the tempo and then actually playing the music um, where you are hitting with the band, you're you're comping, um, which is where uh, it's a compliment to to the melody. Sure. Um, where you're comping, where you're playing with the band, playing the music, um, that is harder to do than to just keep tempo. Um, and as somebody who's in like an accomplished jazz studio, you would be asked to do that, exactly. not just keep a tempo. Which is why it baffles me that like of all the the whole school, these three guys are the Can't are even the best keep a you tempo. can do. Yeah, right. That's fair enough. But I, now, granted, I feel like they may have been um, catering to an audience that's not. Uh, have a master's in percussion absolutely no no yeah and <laughs> yeah. that's and that's the thing i had a i had a and, teacher that and was, you like the movie so this I isn't do, like yeah. oh well i have a master's and this is right. terrible like it's right this is just your opinion like i totally get what you're saying like yeah. if i knew a lot more about it like this, i have the same problem like i was a runner for five mm-hmm. six years and when i see running like there aren't very there's not a lot of running movies but i have watched them and a lot of them like it looks terrible and because i know what proper running is like and i know what it actually feels like to be in that race Mm -hmm. and they don't portray it well and so you're like but it doesn't make it a bad movie no because you can still appreciate everything else about the movie but when they actually run it's like okay they're just (laughs) sprinting and they're supposed to be running a marathon this you know that's not accurate and then so you're like well this yeah i i get what you're saying and it's but as a listener i was like right right. you hate the movie it's like (laughs) just hard to you, there's, you have so much more knowledge than, than right, most right. people about all this. Oh, something else um, I did appreciate is um, they talk about tuning the drum set in the movie, which is um, uh, which is a thing, tuning a drum set. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, except know that. it cracks me up when he goes um, when he goes tune it to a B flat, which makes sense because brass often tune like a lot of jazz charts. Um, maybe not a lot. It varies, but um, typically, like bands tune to B flat because really there's not a reason. Orchestra's right. tuned to A, and, and bands play tune to B flat. But you would tune your drum set to a B flat because that's what the band tunes to sure. is B flat. Um, and then he just tunes the top tom, which cracks me up. And then they just get on and play. Um, well, but, there was a little off screen, so. It's possible they did all right, right? Because I mean, you would just do the the drums. You wouldn't do cymbals, right? No, oh, no. Okay. No. Um, but uh, they only did it once, I think. Yeah. Uh, except also another time when that comes up, uh, uh, Fletcher comes out and he tells third dark hair person. I can't think of his name. Yeah. I can't um, he tells him, uh, uh, the kit's a disaster. It needs to be tuned or something like that, which absolutely happens. You can go to an audition. Or if you are playing at a festival, kind of like they are, you can get out there and the two can, the two the kit can be atrocious. Okay. I've heard the horror stories of friends that have auditioned for orchestras and they have not used their own drum and they use the um, like the or- the drum that's being provided, sure. and somebody who played last detuned it, so they get out and like they on play purpose on purpose, yeah, to oh, sabotage geez. the next person, yeah. So it can be rough. I mean, technically, Miles sab- sabotaged the the dark haired guy, lost his folder. Oh yeah. So who? That's a question. Who do you think took it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of think Fletcher. Yeah. But 
I mean, I feel like he would have said something. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no one else who like would have sat like it happened so quick. Yeah, I know he was, uh, and it was like it's not like he left it in the other room. Right, like it was on the chair behind him, and nobody else was there. Yeah, and even if you like, even if there was, nobody's gonna steal. I mean, I guess you're in a competition, so it could have been a different, like one of the other, comp like uh, the other players of a different band who wanted to win. Mm-hmm. And so like, oh, I'll steal the music, and right. he's not gonna be able to play drums, and they're gonna lose. So right. I mean, I guess that could have been it, but it was a weird. Yeah, I'm curious. I wonder. Just now we're talking about it. I wonder if the dark haired kid does take it like in an effort to get Neiman out of the band. Like, hey, I gave him the folder, and he lost it. Oh. You know what I mean? Because isn't he the next guy to show up? The dark-haired guy? Yeah, dark-haired well, when, guy when, he, when he leaves the folder. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. shows up and says, hey, where's the folder? Right, right. I mean, that's a fair point. Yeah. Um, backfires pretty bad. <laughs> pretty hard, yeah. Um, but maybe he realizes that Neiman really is a threat mm-hmm. because he's doing better than, yeah. than... I mean, I guess I don't really know. I couldn't tell the difference between those two for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um but I guess they were all bad, so you know. um, not bad. But kind of talking, going back to earlier, we talked about the supporting characters acting. Uh, a line that I really enjoy, or I think is delivered well, because I feel like I've been in that situation, is when Neiman comes in the next day, and the and he's and the core guy, dark haired guy, is sitting at the kit, and he goes, "Do not touch this kit." And he kind of like takes a takes a yeah. breath. Um, yeah, I've said that to people, and I've had that said to me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, when you know you, uh, you forget something or you mess up or whatever, you come in the next day and and you know huh. just yeah lay down the law a little bit. Yeah, but, that that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I a scene that I really liked, which was maybe weird, but the dinner table scene where yeah. the football player and the the law guy, I don't know what he was doing, but he was presidential club or something. Or something yeah like um so something political yeah um yeah. it was a weird scene an awkward scene but i actually enjoyed it because it's just showing that people like male figures or really just parents in general only care about what they care about and if you're not doing something that aligns with something they enjoy they could care less even if you are at the number one school in you know, the United States and just got in the top spot of that band. Like right. th- they don't really care because their friend or the, their, the other guy there is playing D three football and scored a 90 yard touchdown against some five, eight white guy. I mean like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it just, I thought that was a very telling scene of I the culture so of America that it, yeah. I mean, it, cause it's true. People don't care about things that, you know, right. They watch. Yeah, and I, you know, I I count myself very lucky um, to be able to to have all of my income come from music related things, whether it's teaching or, or playing, yeah. Um, because that's not a common thing. I I don't teach at a high. I mean, I don't teach like as a band director at a high school. Um, uh, I'm a drum tech for a few, but I count myself very lucky to to be able to do that. Um, even still, when my parents. I guess our parents now <laughs> yeah. are asked um, and they go, Oh, well, what does Trevor do? And they go, Oh, well he, he plays percussion. He's a drummer or whatever. The instant reaction is like, well, what, how did, why, like what else does he do? Or why does he do that? You know yeah. what I mean? 
And I remember being in college, they would be asked, well, what was he majoring in all music? Oh, well, what is he going to do with a music degree? You know what I mean? So, I, yeah, I agree. I think that scene is very telling. And like you said, I like that you said that the parents align with what their interests are. And um, and they can't see the accomplishments of something that exactly. they don't. I mean, like, he, they literally didn't know. Like, yeah, if I was sitting next to someone or sitting at a table with someone and one person was even a Division One football player mm-hmm. and the other guy was a in the number one school for his art mm-hmm. and was doing it like i i don't understand how like he couldn't uh, like understand the importance and the accomplishments of that right like now if he said you know i'm going to you know i'm going to school for percussion like mm-hmm. just in general i could see why somebody like could care more for the D one athlete or whatever because yeah. it's what they do. But like this is the number one school. Yeah. Um. And to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit, um, the table will be flipped a little bit if he was like signed to be for the NFL. Like if he was oh, signed yeah. to be in the draft. Yeah. Then that becomes oh well now you have a job lined up. Yeah. This guy's still in school kind of thing. Sure. But yeah, I absolutely. I feel like agree. he could have said that he had just signed for um like one of the best orchestras in new york and they still would have been like oh well, that's cool right but, and that's it because like exactly. they don't listen to orchestra music yeah, yeah. um and that would have been the end of the story and they would have cared more about the football player because they watch football mm-hmm. um but i mean i mean i'm sure you like you just talked about how you deal with that all the time because you went to school and got a master's in it and people are like well you know Anything else? Yeah, <laughs> right, like, right. Eight years is a long time, or was it eight or six? I don't even Yeah, remember. whatever. <laughs> Many years, it got a master's in it. Like, I'm pretty good at what I do, right, right. and I want to keep doing it. I didn't just do it for fun. Like, this is a, yeah. like, this is a real thing, Yeah. Uh, and I'm good at it. Like, Yeah. You know. Well, and, and Fletcher says something in the movie that I, I've heard from. There's a guy on YouTube. His name's Rob Knopper, who, um, who does kind of percussion orca- orchestral sorry, orchestral audition, like prep videos and things like that. And um, Fletcher says, uh, you know, he talks about how um, Charlie Parker, the next Charlie Parker would never be discouraged. Uh, And he talks about how, like, um, if you stay in his band and you stick with it, you will have a job. Uh, Rob Knopper kind of does the same thing. He says, if you want a job in this career field, which this could be said for anything, I think. He goes, if you want a job in this career field, it's out there. You just have to be persistent and and can be consistently looking for it, and you have to be willing to move. Is another thing he says, but um, but yeah. So I I think that's definitely a good thing that Fletcher does for Andrew a little bit. Yeah. Which uh, do you have anything else before we hit the end? Because I think this is a good transition. Let me check real. Quick. Okay. Sure. Sure. Um. Oh, <laughs> this is kind of a, a stupid. A couple of little stupid things. Um. He says, uh, oh, everyone writes with their pens in the music, which is not a thing. You write in, in pencil. pencil. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I didn't even notice, but yeah, that's, I mean, right, I, yeah. I played band in fifth grade, and I know that. Right, right. Um, oh, so the other jargon thing I said that doesn't make sense is he, before they go on stage, he says, brass, we're going to sharp that ninth, which is not a thing. It, oh, like, yeah, really? I mean, it is a thing if you're a piano player and the, and the chord says G sharp nine. Um, but he says it to he says it to brass, brass who are reading notes on a page. Hmm. So unless he means like that's the ninth you're playing and you need to make sure it's sharp, 
but you wouldn't say brass were going to sharp that ninth the way he does. I think it was the latter. I think he was trying to say when we hit this spot, hit it like sharp. That's right. what I took it as. Which, yeah, which that's the thing, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like, like I said, because I, I think he said make sure to sharp your ninth. So I think it was something like, "Hey, we had practiced this. Yeah, this needs to be sharp. Yes. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I, obviously, I didn't even think about it twice. Right. That's right. what I. That's what I took it as somebody who doesn't know anything about music. <laughs> right. I didn't know there was a yeah. beforehand sharp. No. Knife no. And yeah. And I think that's that is what the what the screenwriter intended. I think that's what they intended it to be. Um. You just wouldn't have said it in the, that, that, that form way. of more. Yeah, yeah. In that way. Um. Did you have a favorite line in this movie? Um. Not off the top of my head. I mean, there are things that I enjoyed, but I, I, I mean, I watched the movie right before we start this episode. But I really, <laughs> I'm bad with remembering lines unless I've seen a movie like a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I just, it's my mind just doesn't work like that. Yeah, I remember yeah. movies and scenes and parts and stuff, but I, I can't pick up on lines. Same thing with music. I just lyrics. I just, it's hard you for me unless you're not the other. Well, no, it's just <laughs> specific lines. I just, yeah, you know, yeah. I can't recite. Um, Tristan will listen to a song five times and she can sing the chorus and I have to listen to it 25, 30 times before I can sing the chorus. Right, right. Just my mind doesn't pick it up like that. So I can't think of a specific line, but I take it you have one. I have one. It always cracks me up. It's when, it's when they're sitting at the kit and, and Neiman is, and he's trying to get Neiman to play in tempo and he sheds one tear and he goes, and he goes, Oh my goodness. Are you one of those single tier people? Do I look like a double rainbow to you? (laughs) Something like that cracks me up every single time. That was pretty good. Anyway, you want, you want to talk about the end? Yeah. Yeah. Before that, the we haven't really talked about the girlfriend thing. Oh yeah. I thought that was a, a cool story, but kind of like another thing that just made you like upset with, uh, miles, uh, Andrew. Just made you upset with him because he was an asshole about it, mm-hmm. um, and he just could have handled it so much better. Even yeah. if you like, I totally understand. You have a passion and you want to be the best at it. Like I, I don't think that's a wrong decision for him to say. Like, look, I just don't have time for a girlfriend mm-hmm. because I'm going to be doing this twenty four seven, and I have to practice all the time. Mm-hmm. And I like, I don't want like us to get really involved. And me want to be and like split my time and right. um, like that all makes sense. But the way that he said it was just in such a douche way mm-hmm. that like I'm better than you and I'm going to be more than you. And I have to I have to practice or you're going to drag me down. And she brings up a fair point by saying by saying, like, am I not going to be supporting you? Like, yeah, where you you really think you I need to be out of the picture for you to be great. Yeah. And it was like he could have said it. In just such an easier way, or at least given her the option, like a woman can <laughs> right, be com- right. like she can be understanding. Just say, "Look, I'm trying to be like the 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 best, not just the me, best, but like, like no literally, yeah, was. like one of the greatest." And she he says that, and like, look, I can't spend as much time as a normal boyfriend could with you because I'm going to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we can cut it off now because. Like, I understand that that's not right for a boyfriend to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do want to be together, you have to know that this is what I'm doing. And it's going to take all of my time. Right. And we may only be able to see each other for one hour a week or something. Like, it's not going to be be a lot. Uh, because he did like her, yeah. obviously. And she liked him, obviously. And it's just, that, that kind of irked me. Yeah. Maybe that's just because I'm a you know, 
That's know. some full disclosure a little bit. I actually, I had that conversation with Whitney, oh. my wife, when we were dating. Sure. Um, I, uh, and I was young and stupid, and I did a lot of young and stupid things, as most men do, I think, when they're in their teens. I guess basically. he was 19, so. I think I was also 18, uh, 18 or 19 when, yeah. I, when I said this. But, uh, yeah, I was told by my professor at the time, I, he said, which, I mean, is, is part, it's true. And I, I tell my students that now that are entering college, they say, um, uh, he told me, or he told us uh, as a group, he said, you can either uh, uh, practice and be good and have a job, or you can have a social life, um, but you can't have both, is basically what he said. Yeah. And there was some truth to that. I have friends that picked the second one, and they had a social life, and they are not in music anymore. Sure. Um, so after that, because I was young and impressionable, I took it to heart, and yeah. I went to uh, Whitney when we were dating, and I was like, I mean, basically verbatim. Look, I have to practice. I'm not going to have time. I'm not going to be able to do this. I think we need to just, you know, not even consider it. Luckily, she was a lot smarter than I was even back then. And so she was, she asked the same question, basically, you know, what, like, you're being stupid. Why would that, why would that work out the way that is? And I think I was like, okay, or something like that, you know. See, but he just took it a step further. Yeah, and like he, that he, was the he's problem. very much like this is the end all be all. Well, no, like it, he like attacked her as a person, right? Saying it because she was like, yeah, because he does say she was like, you're not going to be anything, yeah, basically. Yeah, well, she says like, so you don't want to be with me because I don't know what I'm going to do with my life and I don't have like a like a set right, stu- whatever, right. and then and and you're going to be off and be this the greatest person ever, and you just don't have time for somebody who is nobody and is, nobody's going to remember. And he was like, yeah. Like a, like, and if he I just, love he he could have broken off just not putting <laughs> in that just dagger into right, somebody else's life. Right. So that's those are the scenes that I like. I started not liking him as a person, but I I'm, I don't necessarily think it's his fault. Like it's just, I and I he's love, a little off. I think yeah, he's I agree. very antisocial. So yeah, yeah. I think he just didn't understand the cues of it. But when you like someone, you can't you can't do that to anybody, especially not somebody right, you actually right. like. Um, I love that he kind of gets his come up and so a little bit later when he when he quits the music thing and then he calls her and uh, she's like, I have a boyfriend now. Yeah, like I I love because they could have gone the opposite direction and been like, Oh yeah, he's gonna at least get the girl when yeah. he gets back. But to just shut that door, I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, because it's not it's it's real too. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. life, like life is fast. Yeah, like if you decide to make a decision like that it can very much really blow up in your face mm-hmm. and you know somebody that you really liked has moved on now right. i mean who knows what happens in the future i mean she could break up with him and get back up with andrew because yeah. i mean yeah. stuff happens but uh i mean it leaves everything kind of open but yeah um yeah we can go ahead and go real real quick sure. before we get back into that we you had asked or we talked earlier about um fletcher's personality and how that uh how that kind of why would you kind of hate everybody in the group? I think a lot of, I think all of them, um, Fletcher is obviously one of the best. And at least he's portrayed that way in the movie. He's yeah. the best in the bit. People know him, whatever. Um, it's interesting to see that transition of Andrew's personality as it goes from like, I'm kind of this quiet kid. He's even talks about how he doesn't make eye contact yeah. with people. Yeah. And the date. Yeah. And he, um, and it, it switches. And it seems like everybody that is in Fletcher's band tries to be like Fletcher. Mm. Um, the piano player does. And they have to um, be. 
They have to be, yeah, yeah. in order to take to it. To survive, yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, yeah so I think, I think that's a cool thing that happens throughout the movie is seeing Andrew's kind of transformation into sure. becoming Fletcher almost. Not but, quite, but getting there. But yeah, yeah no, right. I, I switched you mean. Maybe another 10 years it would be. Right, right. Um, that's so, a fair point. Ending. Yeah, yeah, we'll think? go ahead and open up the ending, which pretty much uh, runs runs off of that, um, where they meet meet in the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how quick he, because it's like he's on stage. Yeah. And then like two seconds later, he's behind yeah. him. I thought it was, um, it was weird how good of an actor Fletcher was. Not Simmons, but mm-hmm. Fletcher. Because, I mean, he knew, obviously... Yes. That, yeah, because who else is it gonna be? <laughs> well, yeah, but um, I mean, well, it could have been. I mean, the the trombone guy. I mean, that. Oh it yeah, could have been any. I mean, like think of how many. Yeah, yeah. Students, he's run out of that building because he's too harsh. It right. definitely could have been other people, but I mean, you made this guy get in a car wreck mm-hmm. and almost die trying to get to a competition, I which mean, is is kind of an understandable thing. There's a very strong rule of like. You don't miss rehearsal, and you especially don't miss the concert. Yeah, and so it's even like I have nightmares sometimes about stuff like that, where yeah. like I am I am inhibited from being able to get to something, and then I go and I get yelled at. Yeah, because but I mean I get it because I mean I was in sports and it's yeah. pretty close to the same way. But you as a person you have to realize everything is not on him. Like that one was not. I mean the bus. Blew a tire. Yeah, yeah. And like, if you don't have a car, and even say you have a car, and your car blows a tire, and or blows two, and so you only have one spare, and then you have to right. find a taxi or. I mean, now we could just call Uber, and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. We have to spend money, but yeah, it would yeah. work. But this is in 2014. Uber wasn't a thing, right? Um, and so, and he didn't have cell for service. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, like I, yeah. But I mean, also it's it's Fletcher, and you know that he's not going to be understanding of right, why right. he couldn't get there. Um, yeah, so that whole scene really was another thing that just made you upset because nothing was going right for this guy right after he had finally got the part, um, and you feel like he was going to nail it. But um, so yeah, you realize that um, Miles doesn't want to report, or Andrew doesn't want to report Fletcher. Right. Or being an abusive teacher, but uh, kind of gets swayed into it from her, his father, mm-hmm. uh, which is understandable. I mean, I was rooting for him to do it. Like, I I see his point of he is making great musicians, mm-hmm. but he's also destroying people's lives at the same yeah, yeah. at the same time. Because Miles, like, he was pushing him to be great, mm-hmm. and Miles was getting there, and he still shoved Miles out. Yeah, yeah. Like, if it would have went the other way, and, like just a little ounce of understanding and let miles back in the band after that. Like you would understand like he's being harsh to help people further their lives, but then he just shuts, shuts Andrew out and just kicks him out of the band, which I felt was completely, maybe that's something that would definitely happen. But if you felt like he was the next greatest drummer, mm-hmm. I feel like you would have a little understanding, but he also did show up on stage bloodied and, Probably should have just decided. Okay, I'm gonna. I, I'm just gonna go ahead and not play. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he I, he had a concussion, of course, right, and that's why right, he couldn't. Right. You're not gonna be able to play drums with a concussion. Sorry. Right. Um. Definitely not recommended anyway. 
No, but yeah. So like what I was saying is Fletcher, I think did a, it was weird how good of an actor he was of being able to put on the face of, uh, everything he said was like genuine, felt genuine and real. And I'm sure some of it was, um, but all to coerce him to, uh, be in his professional band, just, to make sure that he never has another professional opportunity. I mean, I take it that was the underlying point. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, he says beforehand, you can get a job or you'll never get a job again, depending on how you perform today. Yeah. And then the first song they they play, and he doesn't – he makes sure he doesn't know the song. Um, so, yeah, we can just go go in, uh, go into that last – Yeah. Home to last scene. I, uh, which I, ends there. That's, like, it's the last scene. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but I, I agree. It's it's very I, – I think it is – well, and Fletcher is also super manipulative – like he earlier he um i like kind of the subtleties of like so when they when they when they're talking and he uh neiman first comes in to play and he pulls him out in the hallway and he's like so tell me about yourself basically i like later when the three drummers are kind of in rotation he's trying to pick who's going to play caravan um He's using what He's they told using him. Using what they him. told him. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. But I think yeah, that totally lends lends credit to him being able to manipulate this whole situation and coerce him into playing. It's like he knows all the right buttons to press and like the right things to say and everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the ending. Um. So was were those last song? I mean, obviously the first song he doesn't know and he gets not like booed off, right, but basically right. like. Yeah. You have to go because yeah. you just randomly hit the drums for a whole entire song. And so obviously you ruined everything yeah. for that, that song. Which is is something that I, I'm kind of of two minds on that. Because one, yeah, he doesn't know it. And so like I uh, but it is just doesn't it does kind of seem like just random hitting. Um, if he really considered himself a professional and that's kind of like what i said all these all the dramas in this movie are not very good he he would catch on to what the rhythm was and at least fake it yeah and she was i thought he was doing a fine job of faking it but i'm also not a he's also not consistent like there's he'll he'll be like a badoom crash silence crash syndrome roll silence kind of thing it's that if he kept it continuous he could have faked it out um and it wouldn't even it wouldn't have felt like Completely against what the rest of the band was doing. Exactly. It would have felt like, well, the drums are weird and not right, but it's at least mm-hmm. keeping the beat. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. It's like ad living or yeah. you know, improvising. Yeah. But I mean, at a professional jazz concert or whatever. Yeah, to do that and then walk off stage. And then it cracks me up when, when he goes, there's some avant-garde on the drums back there or something like that. It's not a jargon term that, that okay. like applies correctly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't even know what he was talking about. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, when he gets back on and he does the, he just starts playing Caravan, mm-hmm. um, and then he does the whole entire solo after. Was that actually a great performance? I I think so. First of all, because um, it makes it because Fletcher respects him after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it makes me think. Like obviously, to me, it sounded great. But yeah. I'm not a I'm not a drummer that's playing in a professional band, or have ever heard a professional drummer playing a professional band. So I don't know like mm-hmm. 
was that actually a great performance that would have a person like Fletcher respect you as a, a drummer? So, first of all, kind of a real-world thing there. Um, I feel like it needs to be said. Bernie Dressel is is the drummer for this movie. He he drummed on all the soundtrack and all the underscore that was used. Okay. Bernie Dressel is the is the drummer, I think, currently for Gordon Goodwin's Big Fat Band, which is a fantastic group okay. that everybody should listen to. <laughs> um but so he he does the drumming and i think i'm i'm pretty sure he so i'm pretty sure he does the drumming for the caravan tune in that movie and then i think he came up with a solo um so there are a couple things that i i kind of teach kids that make a great solo and the very first one is playing the melody um so the melody of the caravan is the uh, that kind of thing okay um i do hear it you can hear it a couple times um, and then you also hear the the lead back into the beginning. He gets back to that symbol, kind of dome and and dome and actual symbol thing um, that starts out the tune. He plays that for a minute in the solo, which is good. So all those callbacks, all those nods to the melody are all are all good things. Um, but then at, you know he kind of goes into that kind of Buddy Rich. I'm going to play as much and as fast as I can, you know. Um, and I I think it's a combination of a uh, I, I don't know if Fletcher respects him because of the solo based on like chops. Um, but I think he respects him because a, uh, he stood up to him okay. and he did it well. He, the, he's talking and he's he talking about how just tackle him. Exactly. exactly yeah. He's, he's stepped up since then, but, um, he's talking on stage and then he just starts the tune and he tells the bassist, I'm going to, I'm going to pull you in. Yeah. Um, and, and I, then I also respect that Fletcher, you like use the rest of the band too. Exactly. Like, you, yeah. You he goes with in. it. Yeah. Because it sound like it would have sounded weird if he was just playing for 10 minutes. Right. And, but it like, I, I liked the music for, like I said, majority of the movie and enjoyed it there again. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. Bringing the band in is good. And then, um, when he cuts, uh, I'm so th- some weird things happen when he cuts off. So he cuts them off at the end. And uh, Andrew keeps going, and uh-huh. then, not so. That's a that's an appropriate time, and it's not uncommon for a band to have that kind of like transition. So when yeah yeah transition. Um, so uh, it's not uncommon for that to happen for the band to kind of have a final note, so to speak, and then the drums keep going into an open solo. Uh, but then the lights go out. <laughs> well, it's because they didn't know. But uh, that's not a common thing. They would oh. light, the light crew isn't like in tune with what's going on. They're just oh, okay. there to do what, whatever. Sure. So you know, um, if it is cued for the lights to be done with the song, um, they would listen for like a full stop, and the director would have told them beforehand there's going to be a stop here. So like sure. if you're playing something that's a multi movement, like if you have four movements, you would typically play movement one, stop, movement two, stop, movement. So they didn't quite go in depth enough. Yeah, and so the, I think that's and that we kind of talked about the cinematography thing. It works great as like a shot mm-hmm. that the band cuts off, it lights gets dark, go out, but they come back up. He's still going because he's, he's defying against exactly. Fletcher. And yeah, I think there is that kind of switch moment where, uh, um, when he comes up and he goes, "Andrew, man, what are you doing?" He hits the symbol to get him out of his face. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the moment where he's like, "Oh." snap you know what i mean um but yeah i think that is a turning point where he does respect him yeah 
And so as much as I dislike what happened to make him to this point, mm-hmm. I thought it was a good ending. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, the two, I don't know if you want to call them protagonists or antagonists or whatever, but the two main characters finally get on the same page of their right. love-hate relationship. Mainly hate, but... Yeah. Um, so yeah. The, the ending, I want to get your thoughts on it. Sure. Um, what do you think happens after that? Um, my you... first initial thought was um, they just sabotaged each other, mm-hmm. and neither one of them are ever going to be able to professionally at that level do like a concert jazz mm-hmm. thing. But then I was like, well, if it was that good, like if that was an unworldly solo and whatever, yeah. like the people who are hiring for all these different places – would be able to understand the nuance of the situation and say, I don't care that he didn't know that first song because obviously there was some sort of tension between, like, I want the best player I can mm-hmm. and I'm going to go figure out w- why that was. Yeah. And then, so, but I was like, that all is pending on the fact that that was an ungodly, like, the right. best solo, drum solo ever. And that puts him at, like, the top 1% or top 0.01% of yeah, drummers yeah. across the nation or whatever. So, these people are going to be able to look past it. But if it was just like, well, that was, that was really good. But at the same time, that was the most unprofessional thing I've ever seen. And I don't want that on my concert band. Right. Right. So for either one of them. Yeah. So yeah, I was kind of torn. I don't really, yeah, I really can't say that I know, but I feel like miles or Andrew can't stop drumming. Right. Even though he he does for a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. I would like yeah. to feel that he's not going to stop if he's as good as the movie is trying to make him out mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, I agree. I agree for the most part. I think you know, number one, when you kind of get told when you start going to gigs and things like that, something you're told to do is professionalism comes first. You need to be nice to people. You need to know people's names, and you need to you need to present yourself in a manner that's going to get you hired back. Because you can come and be the greatest player in the world, but if you're a jerk, you're yeah. not going to get hired back. You know, um, so I think, and I kind of am of two minds on this. When I first saw this movie, I thought they're not going to get a job ever again. That was, that was crazy what they were doing up there. It was kind of a a mockery of those people, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but now watching it, uh, these past, this past week, I, uh, two and a half times now. (laughs) Um, I, uh, I don't know. I think it's changed a little bit. I think it would be. Depending on, like you said, people are different. I think there are some people that were in the audience that might have been like, okay, yeah, there's some tension going on up there. Something must have happened with the first tune, but why didn't he play it, you know? Um, oh, this second tune he's nailing, it must have just been a fluke. But I think there's also people in the audience, if I saw that, if I was in the audience and somebody just biffed it and then walked off stage, walked back on, and then nailed it the second one, and then the weird thing happened with the lights. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I would I would probably have other people in line before. I would probably keep track of him, keep track of his name, but I would definitely like look to others that I maybe have on my mind for my job or gig or yeah. whatever. I think it's a little different with Fletcher because since he's the band director, it, it's assumed that he's going to know what's going on all the time. And so I, unfortunately, you know, because I think he is kind of the, antagonist so to speak yeah. um i think he's gonna be fine 
Okay. Yeah, I think that you know this. He's obviously if he's if he's been fired from the Shaper School, and then he's playing in a in a bar a week later. Obviously, his, his reputation as a player hasn't yeah. been tarnished maybe as much as it was in like the academic community. But um, I think he would. Uh, I think he would have no problem probably finding it, especially if he's as great as everyone says he is. Yeah. I don't think he'd have any trouble finding another job. Okay. But, yeah, I was kind of, I was pretty torn on it. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. Either way, but. And I like that it's open to interpretation. You can, yeah. You can definitely. I, I think more, like an extra 10 minutes to flesh stuff out would have been weird. I thought yeah. it was a great climax ending. Like, mm-hmm. that was, like, the climax of the movie, and they didn't have, like, a conclusion, like, the climax was the conclusion. Exactly. And um, I personally enjoy it. Sometimes it's not good for movies. Sometimes you want closure mm-hmm. for some of the characters, but just with the tension rising to that point, um, I thought it was good that they just kind of kind of cut it off clean. And um, so, yeah, do you got anything else to say um, about this final act or, or the movie in whole? I've pretty much talked as much as I can about, uh, about Whiplash. Um. I guess a couple of kind of closing remarks, I guess. Well, mm-hmm. one, I think, you know, if you like uh, somebody, a, a for, an old teacher of mine said that um, the drumming is mediocre, but the movie is great. Okay. <laughs> so I think, yeah, you should see it. It's definitely like you said, it, it's, it's worthwhile to see. Um, and uh, also after you see it, Peter Erskine, who's, who's a great drummer um, played, he's been playing in Los Angeles, I think for, since he was like a teenager, basically, um, he uh, he has a great article written. Somebody interviewed him about the movie, and he said some great things about it. Um, so definitely check that out. So it is kind of it's it's liked in the it is, music yeah. industry. I think because okay. so. yeah. sometimes it's really mm-hmm. split. I mean, what's funny is that when the movie first came out in in the jazz band I was in at the time, all of the all the trumpet players um, raved about it for like a week. Oh, really? <laughs> That's funny. Um, we had talked about earlier uh, J.K. Simmons winning an Oscar for it. Okay. He yeah. did win a Best Supporting Actor. Okay, cool. So nice. he did win. He won. It actually won three Oscars. Best Supporting Actor, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Film Editing. Oh, the movie won three. Yes. Okay. No, okay. not J.K. Simmons. <laughs> but J.K. Simmons won, won best the Best Supporting actor. Actress. And then it got nominated for Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay. So, I mean, I think it deserves all those. I mean, so I agree. Yeah. Um, We can kind of go into, uh, I guess, our grade here. Um, What do you have this one? Like a one star, two star, three star, four star. Like what you rate the movie. Huh? How many stars? Out of five. Come on. You've listened to the episode. I have. I'm just just being agreeable. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Out of five stars, what are you you rating? You know, I, I... I think I'd give it a four. Um, like I said, the, the, the only thing that I think keeps it from a five for me is uh, um, the drumming, especially in some scenes. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah. And you um, can't overlook that because you've... Right. For me, it's not like I can't... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not as uh, specific. Right. So. You give it a grade two? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm ready. Gonna, okay. I didn't know if you had anything else to say there. No, nope, so. just okay. four stars. I, All right. I liked it. 
Yeah, I give it four as well. I can definitely see if you give this a five. I totally understand. But for for my personal likes, it I disliked not because not bad, but just it was just so hard to watch. It, it wasn't as enjoyable of a movie to for me to put it at a five. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of negative, a lot of tension, a lot of yeah. negative towards everybody. Like a very small portion of the movie is like happy or genuine, and when it or when it is, it's all just a facade to be <laughs> right to to be used against somebody else. So, yeah. Um, and so, yeah. P- Peter Erskine actually mentions that in his interview. He talks about how a problem he had with the movie was that it doesn't ex- it doesn't express the joy of music making. Yeah, um, as much as it probably could have, yeah. or should have even. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's I think why I I put it down to four. But I totally understand the I see a lot of people rating this as. You know, five star, one of the best of I think 2014 is when it came out. So yes. totally understand that. Uh, respect your opinion on that if you put it at a five star. But um, for the reasons I've said throughout the whole entire podcast, I, I think I put it at four. I could probably do four and a half, but I'll I'll stick it. I'll stick with four. Who That's does, what I did the first time. Fives? Huh? Who does point five? Oh, I do point five. Oh my goodness. Yep. Um, so yeah, sticking with the four star. Um, so yeah, we appreciate you coming on, Trevor. I think. Uh, you added a lot of knowledge of the music industry to this episode um, that would not have came in from anybody <laughs> else. Uh, we would have just uh, probably would have been a lot shorter episode just talking about scenes and uh, the actors and stuff like that. But you had a lot of information of uh, of the core of the movie, which was drumming. So uh, thank you for that. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, um, so, yeah, we'll we'll hit another episode for you next week uh, here on Couch Critics. Um Make sure to follow our Twitter page at Couch Critics Pod, uh, and then make sure to rate and review uh, the podcast wherever you're listening to our podcast, so uh, more people can can hear our thoughts and hear our discussions. All right, have a good one, guys. Bye.